Rickle. Come on, man. Good morning. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. What? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Guys, I understand Mark did a great job last week, and I'm working to get my spot back. Uh, for those of you that responded, I appreciate it. My wife had uh, cataract surgery last week. Uh, I was as anxious about hers as I was mine. Should I give her the mic? Yeah, she's got something to say. I, I believe it. I believe it. She a thundering needs to tell voice. The stories from the counseling office. Mm. <laughs> if she ever starts talking, everybody's in trouble. <laughs> Yofi, are we okay? Yeah. All right. All right. Continuing in the series of Lion Maker, being and making. I'm excited we're back in that. I know we've got a few more weeks and then you'll wrap it up, but uh, that, that is, this is probably one of the most interesting series we've done since uh, starting at Roundtable. Discipleship. I mean, showing up here is a great way of working on ourselves. Showing up here is a great way of being energized to go out and see other guys. Speaking of discipleship and meeting, community, Deer Camp, February, no, March, yes. Yeah, correct. Uh, March 3rd through 5th is our first year. March 3rd through 5th. 3rd through 5th. Yeah, February 17 through 19 is alumni uh, weekend. Leadership Leadership, uh, leadership weekend. weekend. Yeah. yeah. So if you have not attended a Deer Camp, the March weekend will be a great place to start to begin to understand what real community is like. Yes, sir. March. Uh, Deer Camp is March 3 through 5. And then also, we had fish camp scheduled January 27 through 29. And I realized uh, my daughter's getting married on uh, the previous Saturday on the 21st of January. And I realized I didn't need to be preoccupied with fish camp. I needed to be tuned in to wedding weekend. Um, and so we moved fish camp from January 27 through 29 to March 10 through 12. So that is a... Um, change in the calendar any of you guys that are new look on look on the handout that came out bpo's website's on there look on the website it's a place for you to find out about what's going on other meetings and a place to get uh, tuned in that's the best suggestion i can give you look there and get the information with that let me open for the prayer heavenly father we thank you for this day we thank you for the opportunity of gathering here lord i thank you for phil and ceasefire and the leadership team thank you for the biscuits and coffee provided this morning Lord, most of all, we thank you for the work that you did on the cross. Mm. Your work, our acceptance of that work, reconciling us back to God the Father. Mm. It's in your name we pray. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Morning, gentlemen. Morning. Exciting to be in the building with the thunderstorm coming in. Um, I have Yofi here. My uh, sweet dog, uh, Yofi, I've had her for about a year and a half, and um, she was uh, so nervous coming in this morning with the thunderstorm and all that. I thought she was going to have a panic attack. She was all over the car trying to find a safe place, and so she got to come into the building. And uh, I'll tell you this quick story. Some of you know this story. Several years ago, we had a leadership team meeting for lunch, and I had Duke then, and I was coming into the building it was so hot it was in the summer 
And um, one of the guys that I know here that works here, I can't remember who it was now, comes out of the building and he and I have about a five minute conversation and all that. And so we're getting ready to part ways and he looks down and he sees the dog. And so the only way he could figure out that I was bringing a dog in was uh, by the question he asked me. He looks down and he says, is that Mr. Jimmy's dog? And so I, so I thought real fast. I said, yeah, that's Mr. Jimmy's dog. <laughs> So this is Mr. Jimmy's second dog over here. If you bring a dog into the building, it must, it must be Mr. Jimmy's dog. <laughs> so uh, Yofi's a sweetheart. By the way, Yofi, Y-O-F-I, uh, is the Hebrew word for beauty. When I rescued her, she was a brother-sister team, and they were named Beauty and Beast. So I love, uh, Beast got rescued before I got Beauty. I love the name Beauty but I had to put my twist on it. And so uh, the Hebrew word for beauty is Yofi, Y-O-F-I. So glad to have Yofi in the house. Maybe we'll have dog guest day sometime, Mr. Jimmy. Wouldn't that be cool? Everybody bring their dog. <laughs> that might be the last straw. Men's round table now meeting in the Kroger parking lot. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I have a song uh, that I trust will awaken our hearts uh, to the Lord this morning. I love Zach Williams. Uh, I love the um, concert that he did at Harding um, um, Prison in Kentucky a few years ago. There's been a number of songs that I've played for you from that um, uh, venue. This is another one of those songs, as you'll see by the video. But look at the words uh, on the song rescue story and isn't that what we're living out uh, we've all been rescued uh, by what god has done in our life follow with me as i read just a portion of the beginning of the song there i was empty-handed crying out from the pit of my despair there you were in the shadows holding out your hand you met me there Guys, one of the things that's so powerful, even in those words, there is not one of us in this room uh, that yielded to the Lord without him um, popping us on the knees um, with a lead pipe. You know, I call it the Nancy Kerrigan uh, deal. You know? <laughs> oh, what, what, what did this have to happen? So God could bring you to Jesus is, is the answer to that. And now where would I be without you? Where would I be, Jesus? You were the voice in the desert, calling me out in the dead of night, fighting my battles for me. You are my rescue story, lifted me up from the ashes, carried my soul from death to life, bringing me from glory to glory. You are my rescue story. You are, you are my rescue story. May you hear the voice of God and may you praise God in your heart this morning of how he's rescued you.
Amen, amen, amen. That obviously was not Harding Prison. <laughs> the different venue. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. Words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. We continue um, our series, Lion Maker, a call to personal growth, maturity, wholeness, and impact. So I want you to uh, draw your attention to the declaration there on your notes. Declaration um, that I wrote out, uh, inspired by Mark Batterson's book um, and his manifesto that he wrote out uh, in the book, Chase the Lions. And if you've not read the book, need to read the book. I don't want to read the whole declaration. I've read it before. I just want to draw your attention to the first part of it. I will quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. If the greatest goal that you have is a retirement plan, you're, we need to bury you now. Uh, I, I want you to have a retirement plan. I've, I've got a retirement plan, by the way, uh, with the way the market's going now, I, I figure I'll be able to retire by time Papa died, about, about 95, uh, you know. Be the lion. I will set God-sized goals. I will pursue God-given passions. I will go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Be the lion. What are you focused on in 2023? This year, what story would you like to be telling us this time next year? What story would you like to tell? This whole series, um, I've invited you to think of it in terms of two action verbs. Be and go. It's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus. And the idea of be is just a call to grow. You need to be a grown-up. And the idea of growing is the idea of following the model of Jesus to grow uh, um, uh, physically, start to write personal, physical growth, emotional growth, social or relational uh, growth, and spiritual growth. Where you be in those four areas, where you be. What would you like to be telling us about your physical health this time next year? You got a whole year. Like to be in a better place physically. Where would you like to be emotionally? Emotional intelligence. IQ. Everybody's got one. Some of you pretty low. Glad you're here. You know, came in on the short bus this morning. I know. But EQ. What, what, is, what is EQ? EQ, to put it in, I mean, there's books written about this, but to put it in, in, in bite-sized chunks, EQ just, meant, seems, uh, just simply means um, being uh, in growth area in five areas. I'll give you these 
real quick. Number one is self-awareness, that you are self-aware. That is the number one most important issue in order for you to be um, maturing and healthy. Jesus even said, love your neighbor as yourself. So where are you? Just self-awareness. Number two is self-regulation, that you can uh, identify and regulate your emotional world. Uh, not flying off the handle, angry, mad all the time, depressed, you know, that there is a good regulator of your emotions. Number three is high in empathy, that you have empathic abilities to see the other person's perspective. doesn't mean they're right, but you've got to be able to understand where the other person's coming from. And if you don't, then you tend to be reactive. And then number four, motivation. That you've got to have passion in your life. That you're motivated to get out of bed every morning. And we've all, there's nobody in this room that hasn't experienced times of depression and times of where I just don't feel motivated. But when you're um, emotionally growing, there's a high motivation. And then... And then this fifth one that I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. What's the fifth one, Ron? What's the fifth one? Whatever the yeah, yeah. Squirrel. Jesus. Just love Jesus on that fifth one. It's always the answer is always Jesus. So I I don't know. I'll think of it later. Can't remember. All right. So um, should pick up your pen and let's go to work this morning. Got three questions for you. First question, what are your dreams? What are your dreams for this year? Again, um, you need to be writing those things down. Um, I'm, I'm still working on my goals for the year. I'm kind of progressively putting my plan together. You don't have to put it all down at one time on one piece of paper, but progressively talking about where do you want to be? What are your dreams? In this series, I'm inviting you to think of dreams as a synonym for goals. You know, that's what I'm talking about. What are my growth goals? What are my dreams? Uh, whether it, you know, be big things like starting a business, selling your business, retirement and what you're going to do uh, later, or just what you're going to do with grandkids and kids and how you're going to build in to your family? What are your dreams? And you know, I, I would invite you, uh, as I've said before, to share with me what action that you're taking as a result of this um, uh, session. And Paul, we're going to let you share here uh, soon. Uh, uh, for sure, Paul uh, got some things I want him to share. Second question. What battle are you facing today? What battle are you facing today? Maybe an addiction issue. Maybe a relationship issue. Maybe a financial issue. What what battle are you really facing? Now, I I believe every man in this room has a battle to fight, and I'm not talking about pornography. There's a, a book written by that title, 
But you probably, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe I should rethink that. Maybe, maybe every man in this room is facing a battle with pornography. That would probably be closer to accurate than not accurate. But what I am saying, because of who God is, he puts circumstances and relationships in our path, not to frustrate us, but to grow us and elicit faith from us. That's just the way it works. I mean, did you really think it was going to be easy? You know, just go to church and, you know, uh, give $10 in the offering plate when it's passed and then make sure you stop at Popeye's on the way home and get you some chicken. Was that, was that the way it works? Uh-uh. No. It is intended to be a journey, a path, and there's battles to fight. So write that down. And I would say that's where, that's where you're going to find God this year in the middle of those battles. That's where you'll find God. He's been there all along, and he's inviting you, he's inviting you into the battle. Third question, what opportunity do you have to kill a lion today? Not, not a deer. I know it's deer season, and that's, that's not a misprint. But what opportunity do you have to kill a lion? And, and that's what this session is about uh, today. We'll, um, I'll tease that out in terms of what I mean by killing a lion. But what opportunity do you have today to grow, to serve, to trust God? What opportunity? Write that down. What does God bring to your mind? Dear God, speak to every man in this room right now. <clears throat> What opportunity? Identify the opportunity. What does he bring to your mind? So I want you to take a couple minutes, pair up with a friend, make a new friend, and share your battles and your opportunities. Go.
Let's work together. Battle's an opportunity. Battle's an opportunity. Everybody has them. Everybody has them. The easiest thing to believe is that your battles are greater and you have no opportunities. That's easy. And that is a lie. Every man in here is facing a battle. And you need your buddy and he needs you. So much about why we have met here for over 13 years is because we're working really hard to create community with men. That's what this is about, uh, is being on a team. I cannot change the circumstance you're in and I cannot change the relationships that are giving you a headache and a heartache. But I can put you up with other guys who have been through that. I can connect you. I, I, I can get you connected. There's guys in this room that have been through what you're going through. Worser, worser even. <clears throat> and when you start feeling like that you're the uh, lone ranger and your problems are bigger and better, you're somewhere between feeling sorry for yourself and just being a victim. And God does not allow us to be victims. We are all victims in a sense that we've been attacked. And yes, we suffer from this cancerous nature of sin and shame, but he does not allow us to wallow in that. God makes a way. He always makes a way. So turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 23. And I want to invite you uh, to fight and run to the war. Run to, run to the war. Um, I want to invite you to fight and run to the roar. Easy for you to say. Second Samuel chapter 23. Let's pick up with where we've been reading. This is the, the whole story of David and David developing his community in the cave of Adullam. Uh, he's got three special warriors, but we're gonna, uh, I'm going to introduce you to a new guy today, Benaiah. So follow with me as we start with verse 8. This is the listing of David's top men. Josheb, Bathshebeth, the Tachyamite, he was chief of the three. He once put his spear to work against 800 and killed them all in a day, 800 guys. Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Ahohite, was the next of the elite three. He was with David when the Philistines poked fun at them at Pasdaman. When the Philistines drew up for battle, what did Israel do? They retreated. They turned tail and run. They ran to the rear. Exactly. But Eleazar stood his ground and killed Philistines right and left until he was exhausted. But he never 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 let go of his sword a big win for god that day the army then rejoined eleazar 
But all that was left to do was to clean up. The army came out and cleaned it up. Clean up on aisle three. Funny. Shema, son of Agi, the Herahite, was the third of the three. The Philistines had mustered for battle at Lehi, where there was a field full of lentils. Just, I mean, just a, a field full of a cotton field, a soybean field. Just, it's just a field. Israel fled before the Philistines and a bunch of track stars. But Shema took his stand at the center of the field, successfully defended it and routed the Philistines. Another great victory for God. Lentil field becomes a place of victory. One day during harvest, the three parted from the 30 and joined David at the cave of Adullam. A squad of Philistines had set up camp in the valley of Rephraim. And while David was holed up in the cave, the Philistines had their base camp at Bethlehem. And David had a sudden craving and said, would I ever like a drink of water from the well gate of Bethlehem? Now, now the, I see the humor in this. There was plenty of water in, in the cave of Adullam. I don't have any doubts. But he wanted water from Bethlehem. Why did he want that? Because the Philistines had it. And they got what's mine. And I want that. So the three penetrated the Philistine lines, drew water from the well at the gate of Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But David wouldn't drink it. He poured it out as an offering to God, saying, there's no way, God, that I'll drink this. This isn't mere water. It's their lifeblood. In other words, these men risked their lives to bring it to me. David had such honor for his men, and his men had such honor for him that they would risk their lives, sneak in to the enemy's camp, and get the water and bring it back. Who would do that for you? Who, who are your three guys? Who would risk their life for you? That's what this story is about. So powerful. So David refused to drink it. <clears throat> this is the sort of thing that the three did. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ababashai, brother of Joab, son of Zerah, was the head of the 30. And he once got credit for killing 300 with his spear, but he was never named in the same breath as the three. He was the most respected of the 30 and was their captain, but never got included among the three. To be the three was a pretty high standard, right? Now, I want to introduce you to Benaiah. Benaiah. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada from Kadzerah, was a vigorous man who accomplished a great deal. He once killed two lion cubs in Moab. Another time on a snowy day, he climbed down into a pit and killed a lion. Dude, the lion is in the pit. <laughs> and you're going to jump in the hole with the lion? Yeah. If you're a Benai, that's what you're going to do. Another time he killed a formidable Egyptian. The Egyptian was armed with a spear, and Benaiah went against him with nothing but a walking stick. Take his walking stick and kill an Egyptian. He seized the spear from his grip and killed him with his own spear. Wow. These are the things that Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, is famous for. 
but neither did he ever get ranked with the three. He was held in greatest respect among the 30, but he never got included with the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard, Benaiah. Benaiah. Why do we have stories like this? Why, why, why has God given us these stories? I mean, these are these, these look like make the Marvel comic guys uh, look like church mice, you know? These guys are the real deal. I think that Benaiah invites us to do two things, to fight and to run to the roar. To fight and run to the roar. A valiant man, a doer of good deeds or great deeds is what your study Bible says. Your study Bible reads, he was a valiant man. Wow. Great character. Kind of man that you want to be and I want to be, but I fear that I'm not. A doer of good deeds. He was a doer. He was a man of action. He was not passive. Don't you hate your passivity? I hate mine. I mean, really, I'm, I'm ashamed of my passivity. When I've had opportunities to speak into a chaotic situation and I didn't do it. I, I'm ashamed of that. And I would like to think at this stage of my life, I'm a lot better at that than I was years ago. I was too self-protective. And now there's a part of me that I don't really care. You know, I don't have anything to prove. I mean, if you hear things about my past uh, and, and you want to quit coming to men's roundtable, you need to get the full story first because you don't even know half of it. Because I, I assure you, whatever you hear, it's a lot worse than even what you've heard. A lot worse. So here's my question to you. Are you willing to fight? I mean, answer that question in, in your own heart. Will you fight? Fighters don't walk away when the going gets tough. They fight to the finish for their convictions. Benaiah is given to us as a model of a fighter. You've got those circumstances and you've got those relationships in your life that you face. They're real. I mean, we have a cup of coffee. You come into my counseling room. We talk about them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't minimize it. Those circumstances are real. Those relationship challenges are real. But what you've got to decide, if you're going to look the dragon in the eye, or if you're going to turn tail and run like the army of Israel did consistently, are you a runner or are you a fighter? See, I mean, Benaiah was a man of valor. Be a man of valor. That's what God's inviting us to do. 
Valor is running toward trouble when everyone else is running away. Now listen to this. Until the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, nothing happens. Sometimes it has to get so bad. In AA, they call it hitting rock bottom. Sometime you have to hit rock bottom. Right, Bob? To change. Don't ever rescue somebody from rock bottom. Just show them the way. That's all. Don't don't rescue them. You know, sometimes they've got to feel the pain. And you know, there's there's men in this room who are uh, fathers of addicts, and it's so hard not to keep rescuing them. You know, bailing them out, bailing them out. Poor baby, poor baby. No. Got to let him hit the rock bottom. A man of valor, a man of character, has been refined by the fire of experience. Let him go through the fire. No man of valor ever came out um, into that space without smelling like smoke. I want to be a man that smells like smoke. And then due due diligence honors God. Just do what you know to do. That's the idea of due diligence. Just do, do the next thing that you know to do. That's all. Be diligent. Be faithful. Paul invited young Timothy to find faithful men. Guys, it'll just keep chopping wood. Sometimes that's, you know, it's all you, all you know to do. It doesn't seem like I'm getting any place. You got to be faithful. Due diligence. Mark Batterson, whose book we're using in this series, uh, wrote a, uh, his first book, uh, first book that I ever read by him, first book he ever re- uh, wrote, is entitled In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. And it's the story of Benaiah. And he says this in, in that book, what if the life you really want and the future God wants for you is hiding right now in your biggest problem, your worst failure, your greatest fear? What if? What if? That's, that's imagination. What if? And that's why I say that battle that you're facing right now at the beginning of 2023 may be the best thing that's ever happened to you. If you'll face it and let God use it. I want to show you a clip um, um, that um, represents one of the greatest men to me um, in all of history. Of course, the greatest uh, man in all of history, obviously, is Jesus. But he's given us through the ages men like Benaiah uh, to help us understand what it means to live life. I'm a great fan of Winston Churchill. To think what Winston Churchill did in 1940, he becomes prime minister in May of 1940. 
By that time, uh, France, the Netherlands, and much of Europe has fallen to Hitler. And England um, is be, uh, beginning to be bombed. And Lord Halifax was a rival of Churchill. And he was a strong uh, Christian, strong religious man. But his view of what needed to happen uh, with Hitler's threat was very different than Churchill. Very different. And it's captured in this scene. This is a scene. They're in the bunker to be safe because the bombing is going on. And Lord Halifax, the, the guy that you're going to see in con confrontation with Churchill, has a very different view. Which one do you identify with? Lord Halifax or Churchill? Watch this. When I chose my war cabinet, I took great care to surround myself with old rivals. I may have overdone it. <laughs> right on, Halifax. The approach you propose, is, it's, it's, it's not only, it's futile, but it involves us in a deadly danger. The deadly danger here is this romantic fantasy of fighting to the end. What is the end? if not the destruction of all things. There's nothing heroic in going down fighting if it can be avoided. Nothing even remotely patriotic in death or glory if the odds are firmly on the former. Nothing inglorious in trying to shorten a war that we are clearly losing. Losing! Europe is still... Europe is lost. And before our forces are wiped out completely, now is the time to negotiate in order to obtain the best conditions possible. Hitler will not insist on outrageous terms. He will know his own weaknesses. He will be reasonable. When will the lesson be learned? When will the lesson be learned? How many more dictators must be wooed? Appeased, good God, give it immense privileges before we learn. You cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. Prime Minister, Winston, Winston. Yesterday you gave permission. What permission? For me to meet Bastianini. I sanction the theoretical exploration. Theoretical. For what price? Italy would ask nothing more. If I did you not will not permit further exploration of a peace agreement, then you will have my resignation. Oh, don't be absurd, Edward. I, I need you. You know I don't. not stand by to watch another generation of young men die at the bloody altar of your hubris. Oh, and you would have us die as lambs. Was Gallipoli not enough for you? How dare you! Our troops were chewing barbed wire in Flanders, and I saw it. Opening a second front, outflanking the Turks was a, a serious military idea and it could have damn well worked if the, if the admirals and the first sea lord hadn't dithered away our elements of surprise. Choice is yours, Winston. You have 24 hours to enter into peace talks or I shall resign.
Gentlemen, that is so real. I believe those kind of conversations are going on behind closed doors now. And think about history. What would have happened to Europe? Where would we be now if Lord Halifax would have had his way? By the way, Lord Halifax and Churchill were rivals. In the, Halifax stepped aside because he knew that England needed a warrior like Churchill. And so he stepped aside and did not run against him in the Conservative Party and Churchill was elected prime minister. Who do you identify with there? Lord Halifax? Or the man who says you cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in his mouth? What a lie. Holy moly, dude. Ah! Love that. Be the lion. Be the lion. So Benaiah climbed down into a pit and killed a lion. I mean, is that not hilarious? Steven Spielberg, put that on the screen. Put that on the screen. He climbed down into a pit and killed a lion. Guys, I'm inviting you this morning to run to the roar and choose adventure. You know, I believe that life is like a whitewater raft trip. And yet many people are afraid of the white water. When we take our summer trips, we've done a number of whitewater raft trips, and we're doing a whitewater raft trip this summer. Um, we are looking forward to the white water. I mean, I'm not praying, please, God, I pray there's no white water. These guys would kill me. Take them someplace, and there's no white water. And yet many of us have a frame of life that we are trying to do everything we can to avoid the white water. Choose adventure. Don't accumulate possessions, accumulate experiences. I wish Colin Baird were here this morning and I need to call Colin on, on my way home and I just saw Colin's post on Facebook and he spent uh, several days up in Chattanooga hiking uh, in the mountains with his sons Man, you know, how cool is that? How cool is that? Taking your grandkids, taking your sons, taking your daughters on experiences, exposing them, facing, learning how to face your own circumstances, uh, your own relationship issues. You may not know how to do that relationship, but are you willing to go get some help and learn? A lot of times you're just you're you you want to, but you don't know how to. Okay, well then go get some help. Choose adventure. It'll be hard, but it's like a whitewater raft trip. It can be like fun if you're willing to be scared. Now, if your greatest motivation is life in life is to make sure you don't experience fear, well then good luck with that. You know, find you a big 
lazy boy recliner. Make sure you got extra batteries when the remote uh, goes dead and just watch TV. Because again, if you're going to follow Jesus, he's going to put you in circumstances to where you are scared to death. You've got to face your fears. We say at our men's coaching weekend, if you really want to grow, figure out what you're afraid of and run to the fear. Run to the roar. I, I guarantee if you will just start determining what you're afraid of, really quantify that, even get some counseling to figure that out, and you start facing your fears, facing your fears, facing your fears, facing your fears. 2023 will be the best year of your life. Face your fear. What are you afraid of? God is in the business of helping us overcome our fears, but He often does it by bringing us face to face with a lion. Face to face with our worst fears. What are you afraid of in that relationship you're in? What are you afraid of in that circumstance that's so daunting? And then finally, just, just this idea of truly run to the roar. Jump down in the hole and kill the lion. At the end of our lives, our greatest regrets, even at the end of this year, I mean, let's put it in bite-sized chunks. At the end of this year, our greatest regret won't be the mistakes we made. It'll be the opportunities we left on the table. What lion do you need to chase? What lion do you need to kill this year? What goal is not written down that needs to be written down? Guys, we have a great opportunity today as we enter into this year. Be the best year of your life, even though many of you I know are facing the hardest time of your life. Every circumstance and every relationship that's facing you right now is no accident. It is a personal script written out by the living God in order to invite you into a deeper intimacy with Him. Accept the invitation. Father, we are grateful that you've given us this time this morning. May we hear your words in our heart and be more of who you have invited us to be, to be the man, to be the lion. We thank you for our time this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.